0: Good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I'm your host, Casey Hendrickson. Do want to thank RB Car Company, locations in South Bend and Warsaw. r Car Company are your used car experts. Cue my audio. So back on August 25th. Way back on August 25th. Six days ago. Something like that. On August 25th the Department of Justice finalized its rule on gun parts and requiring a background check for the gun parts. Remember that? Broke it all down for everybody. This is all about 80% lowers and that sort of thing and 80% frames and the ability to manufacture a firearm at home. Yes, it involves 3D printing and all of that stuff as well. And they thought they had something. And, And do you remember me going through the ATF rule? You remember some of the things that I said when we went through the ATF rule? Here, let me just remind everybody. I took two clips from from that segment on August 25th when I was talking about this. Have a listen to what I said back then. The rule makes clear that retailers must run background checks before selling kits that contain the parts necessary for someone to readily make a gun. Hmm. Interesting. Selling kits that contain parts. Interesting language there. I wonder if it could be exploited. That's a good question. It's almost—it's almost almost like I do this for a living or something. Later on, after I got done reading the ATF ruling, and I'm getting ready to wrap up everything, I went ahead and said this. So have a listen. Just—I just—I'm—I'm only—you know—I like listening to my own stuff. So it's, it's entertaining to me to listen to my own stuff. But this is what I said at the end of that segment. I see some things in the ATF ruling really that don't appear to be well thought out. So I'm expecting, I'm expecting that there could potentially be some creative entrepreneurs out there that come up with ways to exploit things, like uh, running background checks for uh, selling kits, <laughs> <laughs> I left the laugh in there. Hey, that rule went into place at midnight. You know how long it lasted? Less than a minute. Yep. Wouldn't you know it? Joe Biden's ghost gun ban lasted less than a minute. Hmm. <laughs> I wonder if what I said about a week ago had anything to do with any of this. That's a that's a good question. Let's Let's dive into this and, and take a look, shall we? The Biden administration, eager to do something on homemade guns, added a regulation to the federal register clarifying that if a retailer sells an unfinished frame, the jig, the drill bits, the, and the parts together, then these kits mean that the unfinished frame may be readily converted to fiery projectile, making the kit itself a firearm. That sounds familiar. Sounds a little familiar. Doesn't that sound familiar? That sounds familiar. I'm the first person in the country to tell you that. Sounds familiar. This regulation does not change the 80% demarcation, which is the next nice little workaround that they have available if they need it in any way. It simply states that selling an unfinished frame with the jig, parts, and drill bits makes it too easy for somebody to finish manufacturing the firearm frame. Apparently, you only have a right to build firearms as a part of your right to keep and bear arms, as long as it doesn't become too easy to do so. Imagine if that logic was applied to any other constitutional right. Under the new regulation, if a company were to put an unfinished frame, jig, bits, and parts into a single box and ship it directly to a buyer, the Biden administration claims that the contents of that box constitute a firearm, and the law would be broken unless the frame was serialized and transferred through a gun store with a background check performed. However, if a buyer were to separately purchase an unfinished frame, jig, bits, and parts, and the seller was to, oh, I don't know, package and ship them separately in different boxes, It's not legally a firearm, according to the ATF rule. (laughs) I tried telling you guys. And you remember what else I said in that segment? Once Cody Wilson successfully 3D printed a gun, he told everybody, the cat's out of the bag, you can never put this genie back in a bottle. You're never going to get around it. Now, obviously, when we're talking about 80% lowers and 80% frames, we're not talking about 3D-printed firearms. But some people do order these kits, and they customize with a 3D printer and that sort of thing. But I told you, you're never going... Folks, the cat is out of the bag. I've tried telling you this. Lades are affordable now. Everybody has access to a drill press or a drill. People have 3D printers now. You have home CNC machines, some of which, okay, some of which are less than 12 by 12 and fit on your desk. Do I recommend you use one of those to to mill out an, an AR alert? No, I don't. But there's open source plans for you to use Dremels to make your own CNC machine, for you to use all sorts of power tools just to make a CNC machine. You can do this it's super simple. Then of course, if you really wanted to, if you wanted to spend the money and actually get a refined CNC machine, they sell personal CNC CNC machines and they cost a few thousand dollars and you have them in your house. They live in your garage, they live in a room or something like that, mostly going to be in your garage or maybe maybe if you're brave, your basement and you have a full-fledged machine shop at your house. There's no way you put the cat back or you put the the genie back in the bottle or you know, you know the cat the cat's out of the bag, whatever. Home manufacturing is here, and it's only becoming more affordable and better. There are metal 3D printers now, folks, and they are almost, almost to the point where you will be able to do that at home. You can metal 3D print at home, but you have to send it off for a special baking process. They're almost at the point where you don't have to do that anymore. They are really close. You go to any Maker fair, and there is somebody there with a metal 3D printer that you can put in your house right now and will filter the fumes, and you won't die. That is the truth. There is nothing that can be done to stop this. And it's adorable that people think that they can stop it. You can't. You just can't. So on the 25th, when the rule was finalized and announced, I told you, pay very close attention to the language. And exactly what I told you on the 25th was going to happen, happened. Now, remember, we went to uh, some of the businesses that sell these 80% lowers and 80% frame kits. I went to their websites. They had a the little message on their websites like, we're temporarily shutting down because the new ATF rule will be back up in a couple of days. Check back then so we can comply with the new law. And they all, right there, like 1201... The rule went into effect at midnight, 12.01. They were all back up with all of their new inventory, all of the new pricing packages, and everything else. And that's the tr- People only bought the kits because it was convenient. You can go to the hardware store and pick up the stuff that you need. You, you don't need... You, you, they can send you the lower. They can send you the drill jig. You can 3D print a drill jig. Just a piece of plastic. That's all it is. You can 3D print it if you want to. And now they're just not going to send you the drill bits and stuff like that. They're not going to put it in one package. You just, you have to get it all together. And maybe, maybe, depending on the circumstances, you'll pay a little bit more in shipping. Maybe, depending on how they, they work their business model. And the ATF right now, here's what's hysterical about this, okay? I'm assuming that there are some people who are smart enough at the ATF to go, people are just going to not sell them in kits. <laughs> I'm assuming there's got to be somebody at the ATF, like, like they know that they're just going to get right around this, right? But I'm willing to bet there's still probably some people out there at the ATF, guaranteed within the Biden administration, there are people out there going, what just happened? How could this have happened to us? How is this possible? Because you're not very smart, and free enterprise and liberty will always find a way. It might take a while, depending on the circumstances, but it will always find a way. You think people have been preparing for this? You don't think for a second out there that if they come back and they go, no, 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 you can't even sell an 80% lower. All right, cool. We'll just make it 75%. No, 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 you can't, you can't sell 75% lower now. All right, let's make it 70%. Eventually it's going to get to a point where they're not going to be able, they're not going to be able to regulate it. Because it will just be a chunk of aluminum. <laughs> There's nothing they can do. The reality is what it is. This technology is now freely available. And if people want to do it, they will do it. There's nothing that can be done about it. Period. But they thought they were going to get cute. They thought they were going to get a win. I told you on the 25th, they weren't. Less than a minute. Less than a minute. And the entire ATF rule, the entire... Uh, public relations, email blast campaign, and everything else that they tried to do about how they got they solved the ghost gun problem and everything else, all for naught. All for naught. Hashtag told you. Got more coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. A number of FBI agents say that they have lost confidence in Director Christopher Wray and are now calling for his resignation, according to a report. A former FBI agent, Kurt Suzdak, an attorney who represents Whistleblowers, said that agents have told him that they feel like the director has lost control of the Bureau. This is according to the Washington Times. They're saying, how does this guy survive? He's leaving. He's got to leave. I don't, look. The only way that Christopher Ray survives is the only way that Mueller survived. And it's the only way that Comey survived. It's the only way that McCabe survived for a time and then finally got exposed and then was able to get his back pay and pension back in spite of the fact that the FBI, not Trump, wanted McCabe gone for, for all sorts of things. It's the swamp dwellers. They take care of their own. This is like a it's like a country club. You go to a country club, and I don't mean to denigrate country clubs. I love country clubs. I would love to be a member of a country club one day. One day, if one of you country clubs out there would like to invite me to become a member, I would appreciate that. I really would. Why? Because I like solitude and quiet and hanging out with successful people. That's what I like to do. But it's like a country club. You've got a membership. You've been in Washington, D.C. for a certain period of time, and you're just considered a member, right? Right? You don't even have to really apply. The only thing you have to do is kind of go along to get along. You just got to make sure you you don't support Republicans all that much, and, and you'll be okay. And as time goes on, when you do stuff, all of the friends that you've made in a relatively small community, in D.C., I'm talking inside the Capitol, small community of people, And you built up those friendships and stuff. They're all going to look out for you. So even if you mess up, you know, they're going to look out for you. They'll make sure you're taken care of. Andrew McCabe messed up, got run out of the FBI. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll make sure you get your pension, man. Just hang out for a couple of months. We'll make sure you get your pension and your back pay. Don't worry. Just, yeah. We'll take care of it. You know, good thing you're rich now anyway, but that's a whole other thing. How does somebody who was only an interim director of the FBI get to a net worth that high? But I digress. You know, you'll, you'll get there. We'll take care of you. Oh, did you get accused of sexually assaulting or harassing somebody? Don't worry. Yeah, we in Congress, we've created a fund that where you can just pay those people off, and they'll just go away. And, and don't worry. We won't tell anybody. Yes, I know. I, I know. We are funding a campaign that is running against you in the next election. Yes, that is true. But we, we have a code here, so we're not going to tell anybody that you had to pay somebody off because you got a little sauced up one night. We, we, won't, we won't have to worry about that. And D.C. has been like this for a long time. A very, very long time. And so you got these agents here going, how in the world is Christopher Ray still here? Because he's clearly inept. He's clearly corrupt. And he's clearly a liar. And you've got agents who are furious with this. You know, it's it's almost like when you have a football team, right? You got the the Belichick coaching branch, right? You have all of these coaches who were tutored under Bill Belichick. And eventually they get to a point where they're highly sought after. They come from the Belichick wing, and they know that Belichick is probably the greatest football coach of all time. So they take people who served under him and were taught by him in order to, to hope that they are a successful coach. And many of them are. Many of them take the principles that they learned from Bill Belichick and they become successful coaches. And so it's kind of like that. Well, you're in the leadership for the FBI right now is like this Mueller wing and probably goes back even further than that. But Mueller, you know, I was I think the only person telling you Mueller when he was brought back to do this whole special investigation thing, I had to remind everybody that Mueller was one of the most scandal plagued heads of the FBI since Hoover. Everything the guy touched was a disaster. Everything that happened with the FBI that was on any large scale was a massive cluster. Everything under Mueller was bad. And he came back, and all of a sudden, it's like even conservative radio hosts are like, oh, everything I hear about this guy is just like super honorable. What are you talking about? The guy led one of the most scandal-ridden administrations in FBI history. It made no sense that people are like, yeah, we hear Mueller's a good dude. No. He never was a good dude. What are you talking about? Well, Comey was Mueller's handpicked successor, and McCabe was was Comey's, and Ray is McCabe's. It's like what are we, what are we doing? It's the same branch. It's the same coaching branch. They're all of the same mindset. They're the same the same person basically. They're all deceptive. They're all dishonest. They all continue illegal operations that they're not allowed to continue. Nobody does anything about it. The FISA court can't really do anything about it, except finally blow the whistle and release documents about how they admonish the FBI. And then everybody's like, wow, uh, the FISA court uh, did the unprecedented thing of actually issuing some public statements about this. And if you're lucky, somebody in the media will pick it up and say, hey, the FISA court's kind of telling us that the FBI is corrupt. Should we listen to them? Nah, they're just the FISA court. I mean, it's just, it's bizarre stuff. You got these FBI agents, they're just beside themselves. Like, how do we keep getting stuck with these guys? You know, I'd like to remind you that there were FBI agents under Comey who were livid with how he ran things. Absolutely livid. And we had whistleblowers then, too. And their allegations were the same allegations that we hear now. Corrupt, dishonest. The report of Ray's suffering reputation among rank-and-file agents comes just after senior FBI official Timothy uh, Thibault left the bureau last week. Thibault says that he retired on his own accord, was facing numerous allegations, including from FBI whistleblowers, about displaying political bias on his social media, suppressing a line of investigation into Hunter Biden, inconsistently pursuing investigations, mishandling election-related matters, and inflating domestic violence extremism cases. Senator Chuck Grassley, Republican of Iowa, the lead Republican on the Senate Judiciary Committee, has filed several FBI whistleblower allegations, fielded, excuse me, not filed, fielded, and was the first to shed light on this year's, this year on some of those uh, leveled against Thibault. I'm probably butchering his name, but I don't care. Upon his exit from the FBI, Grassley said in a statement provided to Breitbart that Thibault's alleged bias casts a, a shadow over all of the Bureau's work. That he was involved in. Yeah. Obviously. But he's not alone. He's he's one individual. Paul Sperry, investigative journalist. Research shared with the Daily Beast by Advanced... Uh, this is a quote from the Daily Beast. Research shared with the Daily Beast by the Advanced Democracy Institute. You ever heard of them? fills in some of the landscape of what the FBI has characterized as an unprecedented threat environment, a reaction to what some legal experts consider the most serious legal threat facing the former president. So just so we're clear, in the Daily Beast, a left-wing rag, in the Daily Beast, they are saying that they were given research from the, by the Advanced Democracy Institute. So the Advanced Democracy Institute, ADI, goes to the Daily Beast and they say, Here's all of the evidence that we have about the so-called unprecedented threat environment that Donald Trump created when he stole classified documents from the White House, which, of course, the president can't do. So who is the Advanced Democracy Institute? That's a great question. Daniel Jones runs them. Who's Daniel Jones? Daniel Jones is a partner at Fusion GPS. Fusion GPS, of course, is responsible for the Alpha Bank hoax. And Fusion GPS is responsible for the fake Trump dossier. So, a guy who was a partner at the group who orchestrated a hoax against a presidential candidate and later the actual president of the United States, that guy is giving information to the Daily Beast. And the Daily Beast is just regurgitating it out to everybody. As if it were true or accurate and was somehow unbiased. And what did the FBI and Fusion GPS do together? They colluded with one another to try and prevent an election from from going a certain way. And then after the election didn't go a certain way, they decided to work together to go ahead and overturn the results of that election. This is, that's your swamp for you. That's the swamp. Remember, Fusion GPS is the one that approached the FBI about having information. The FBI couldn't verify, couldn't get a FISA warrant, so the FBI went to one of their their friends in the press, and they said, hey, publish this. And he published it. And then the FBI took that article that they asked to be published, and they went to the FISA court, and they go, even journalists are writing about this. We have to investigate. And then the FISA court said, okay. And it was all a lie. And then it was all from Fusion GPS, and now the guy who is a partner with Fusion GPS has another group and that other group is doing the same thing that they were doing as Fusion GPS and this all emanates from this stupid staged FBI photo from Mar-a-Lago <laughs> it's just bizarre and you got FBI agents out there just going this is ridiculous I mean, I'm glad that they're coming forward you know, it, it's probably too little too late, but at least it's happening, I guess. That's your swamp for you. They will look out for their own. They all go to the same cocktail parties. They all share the same the same prostitutes. And I, I know, they would never do that in Washington, D.C., right? I don't want to, you know, Madison Cawthorn, oh, he wasn't telling the truth at all, right? <laughs> yeah, he was. He was telling the truth. I'm not saying he doesn't have his problems, but Madison Cawthorn was telling the truth. Because we've been telling you that for years. And how do I know? Because I know people in that industry who go to Washington, D.C. for a couple of months out of a year and they make their entire annual salary there with politicians and judges. That's why. It's the truth. So they go to these parties. They they all engage in a partying lifestyle with each other. Sometimes it's just cocktail parties. Sometimes it's just buddies. Sometimes it's a little bit more controversial. And they all look out for each other as a result. And we're surprised by this this behavior? MNC News time is 3.34. Time to check out Impress Jewelry Creations, creating meaningful jewelry for the moments that last a lifetime. So on the 25th, I tried telling you that they were going to get around this ridiculous gun part legislation. Well, Not even legislate, just a rule, the ATF rule. And they did. Took them less than a minute to do it. I've been telling you for a long time that electric vehicles right now don't make a lot of sense for the mass population, especially in places like California where you have a real problem with the energy grid. And I even told people, like, you know, it's... if you're in a place that has rolling brownouts and blackouts on a regular basis, it doesn't really make a lot of sense to throw a ton of electric cars on top of that because you couldn't you couldn't maintain the grid before you had the draw of electric cars. And then California decided to ban gas-powered cars <laughs> in 2035. So, you weren't uh, you weren't going to be able to buy a new Gasoline powered car in 2035 You have to go EV Which again That's not a lot of time to upgrade your electrical grid To bring it up to par To be able to handle all of this Especially considering The best way for you to do that is probably nuclear And lefties hate nuclear But we'll get to that in a little bit As well because something interesting is happening There So this is all A big concern so it was like two days after they tell everybody that they're banning, um, they're banning gasoline cars in 2035. Like two days after that, California has now asked people and tell me if if I've said anything that resembles anything like this before. California has asked people not to charge their electric cars because the grid won't be able to handle it because there's that darn heat wave. Man, it's almost. It's almost like it's the end of August and early September or something like that. You know, (laughs) it's just just bizarre. I mean, it's expected because you were told it was going to happen. Days ago, officials in California unveiled a plan to phase out new gas-powered cars. Now, officials are asking residents to avoid charging their electric vehicles in the interest of not overwhelming the power grid. The Western United States is facing a likely prolonged and record heat wave that could lead to temperatures as high as... 115 degrees Fahrenheit, according to the National Weather Service. As a result, the California Independent System operator is asking to bring all available resources online to handle higher electricity demand and expects to issue voluntary energy conservation notices over the Labor Day weekend. The top three conservation actions are to set thermostats to 78 degrees or higher. Yeah, remember when I told you that's how they do things out there? In the desert, and some of you are like, 78 is too hot. I know it's too hot. When it's 115 degrees outside, 78 degrees basically feels like 100 degrees. You don't really get any relief when you go inside. Avoid using large appliances and charging electric vehicles. They also want you to turn off any unnecessary lights, according to the American Public Power Association. During a flex alert, residents are encouraged to reduce energy consumption from 4 p.m., to 9 p.m., the hours in which demand for electricity remain high and there is less solar energy available. Hmm. Hey, what doesn't need solar energy to produce energy again? That's right. Everything else. Just throwing it out there. (laughs) So, like, two days after they make the announcement that they're banning gasoline cars and that everybody should go to an electric car by 2035... They tell everybody not to charge their electric vehicles because it will strain the power grid. Right? I've got this other story here. This, it's, hold on, I got to pull this up. This is this is so ridiculous. All right, Scotland police EV cars. Okay, hold on a second. <clears throat> Are you aware? <laughs> This this story is just, it's so leftist, it's hysterical. I mean, the story itself isn't leftist, but it just highlights leftist behavior so perfectly. Scottish authorities purchased a bunch of electric vehicles to replace their functioning, perfectly serviceable gasoline vehicles, right? Right. And they did this all under the guise of, hey, it's gonna, you know, save the planet, yada 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 yada. Okay, I'm ashamed of my my new uh, country, Scotland, as I become a landowner over in Scotland, and will become a lord here soon. Um, but they they purchased these cars so like, yeah, this will help us, you know, we'll be able to go ahead and and save the planet, and they'll be more efficient and whatnot. So they went ahead and they. More than 20 police stations across the country got these new cars. So, 20 police stations across Scotland got these new electric vehicles. All right. Now, do you see a problem with that? Ben, you see a problem with the police getting electric vehicles. I mean, I suppose there is a problem if you fail to purchase the charging stations for all of the vehicles. They bought the cars, they didn't buy any charging stations. Not one. They bought the cars, no charging stations. So they get the cars and they're like, oh, how do we charge the car? You know what one police department decided to do? That police department decided to run extension cords into a normal three-pronged outlet. Hey, if you know, you know. Look to the person next to you who doesn't know and explain to them what happens to a three-pronged socket when you plug an electric vehicle into it. Even in Europe, (laughs) <laughs> uh, <laughs> how, how do you conduct a high i mean it's i know it's just scotland but how do you conduct a um a long-term high-speed chase with an electric vehicle when you have range limits how does that work if somebody's got a fuel-efficient gasoline-powered car don't you just keep going until they just run out of juice how do you how, how are you gonna catch the guy I mean, it may not be a problem in Scotland. Uh, Granted, okay, it may not be a problem in Scotland, but it's going to be a problem here. It'll be a problem in other places. This is a true story. So 20 police stations across the country in Scotland bought electric vehicles. Whole public relations thing. We're amazing. Look at us. We sniff our own farts. It's a whole thing. Didn't buy a single charging station to charge the vehicles. So now they've got a fleet of electric cars they can't use and at least one destroyed outlet. Probably more, at least one that we're aware of. (laughs) What's funny about this is anonymously, it's not really air quote, but anonymously, some of the cops are like, yeah, it's like nobody would listen to us. We try telling them this is going to be a bad idea. So the beat cops who know, because again, cops tend to have intuition, and they're telling the bureaucrats this is a bad idea, and no, nobody listened to them. So... (laughs) Uh, but I want to get back to the thermostat thing. Because California, remember, they're, they're going to have people keep their thermostats to 78 degrees. I've told you about smart thermostats many times and how they're coming for smart thermostats and why it's a bad idea for you to get one, okay? To get one from the power company, I should say. And I've given you stories about what happened where I'm from many, many times. Yeah, well, it's happened in, uh, in another state. I want to tell you about it. Coming up, News Talk 95.3 Michiana's News Channel. Yeah, I was wrong. Skynet didn't become self-aware on August 25th, 2021. It became self-aware August 29th, 1997. That's when it became self-aware. All right, so. I was just talking about this on the the commercial breaks. We are just talking about technology stuff and some of the weird things that people have done with technology and the mistakes that they've made. But I've told you about thermostats before. And why you shouldn't get a smart thermostat from your power company. If you can avoid it, avoid it. And I told you what they do where I'm from in the desert. And the company, the power company will take over your thermostat for large chunks of the day. And they will dictate what the temperature inside your house will be. And one of the temperatures they stick it at is 78 degrees in the middle of the summer where it's 120 degrees outside. They will put it at 78 degrees in the middle of the day just like California is asking people to put their thermostat at 78 degrees in the middle of this heat wave that they're going to have. And I have this power company here. This is in the People's Republic of Colorado. Around 22,000 households in Colorado lost the ability to control their thermostats after the power company seized control of them during a heat wave. None of them thought that that was going to happen. Just like I've had conversations over the years with many of you who are like, Casey, this, this isn't the desert. They're not going to do that. Really. You probably didn't think that they were going to ban burning in St. Joseph County either. But they did. And Republicans were spearheading it. After temperatures soared the past, uh, past 90 degrees, residents were left confused when they tried to adjust their air conditioning and found it locked controls displaying a message that said, Energy Emergency. Excel confirmed to local news station Denver 7 that 22,000 customers who had signed up for the Colorado AC Rewards Program were locked out of their smart thermostats for hours on Tuesday. Now, this is, and I've, I've told you many times, and I've sat here and I said, look, I've seen everything that they're trying here. I've already seen it. When I tell you something is coming because it's happened in other places of the country and I pers- personally witnessed it, you've got to take me seriously. And a lot of people were, for many, many years, were fighting me on these smart thermostats, and they were convinced that this was not going to happen. It's not thing- There's nothing in there about them taking control. It's a reward thing. They always incentivize you with, oh, you could save some money or whatever. That's how they always do it. I mean, it was 90 out, and it was, uh, it was right during the peak period. It was hot, said somebody. I wasn't able to turn my thermostat down. Where were the thermostats locked? 78 or 79 degrees. Just like I have been telling you for years. This is what they're going to do. They're going to do it with everybody. Eventually, it will be mandated, and there's nothing that you are going to be able to do about it unless somehow, some way, you go off-grid. And then they're going to make you pay to be off-grid anyway, just like they do in California and other places. Just remember that. If you got your smart thermostat from the power company, one day, they're going to take control of it, and there's nothing you can do about it. Got more coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. Watch us on Rumble. Rumble.com slash Casey the host. Good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I'm your host, Casey Hendrickson. Do you want to thank R&B Car Company locations in South Bend and Warsaw? R&B Car Company are your used car experts. So, once again, Something that's a little new in the world of politics are candidates who run for school boards actually campaigning. This is something that we haven't seen traditionally in school board races throughout the country in our our electoral history, but that has changed, and uh, joining us right now is Rob Rader, who is running for District 3 for the School Board of Trustees in Goshen. Rob, how you doing, ma'am? I'm doing just fine, Mr. Casey. Thanks for having me on. No, it's a pleasure. So I'll ask you the same thing that I've asked the other school board candidates who have come on. You know, what is it that motivated you to finally get in this race? Uh, i got to tell you, these, these guys are just nuts. Uh,
1: I, I went to a school board meeting and uh, uh, put on a committee, and then they had that youth drag show. And I objected vehemently about that and they kicked me off the committees and I said, watch, uh, you don't. You, we can't be treating our kids like this. I'm I'm just stunned at, at all the silliness and, and unreasonable attitudes of the present board.
0: Now, there's a report that just came out. Well, I think it was yesterday, Rob. Now, it's a na- national report, so it's nationwide that, you know, math scores, reading scores have gone down during the pandemic. You know, obviously, this has been a concern anyway for some years, but, you know, things have been kind of steady, but they've dramatically gone downhill because of COVID. We we know that. What is it that you would like to do to help get everybody kind of back on track as a member of the board?
1: Well, uh, I can track the scores uh, dropping incrementally for the past 10 or maybe even 12 years. Uh, covid was a, a blessing in disguise so the parents could see just some of the nonsense that was going on in the curriculum. Uh, what, what I would like to see, I, I'd like them to declare, frankly, an academic emergency. Um, we now have pressure from the feds to, to teach a, a, like a common core uh, reading uh, instead of phonics, we they want to phase out phonics and go to like a whole sentence or a whole language. It's a common core curriculum for English. Um, losing phonics is especially difficult for uh, English second language students, which is what the big uh, crutch is that they're uh, complaining about. And if we spend time uh, it's not the, necessarily the teacher's fault, but we're spending all this time uh, on feelings instead of on the structure. Uh, I think we could uh,
0: make an improvement and and, and not uh, and not go along with the status quo. Yeah, this that's kind of interesting because again in Goshen, you know, this is a big problem where you have ESL students, and if you make it more difficult for them to learn the language, it's going to make it more difficult for them to assimilate assimilate and, and acclimate. Which creates what a permanent underclass? You would assume.
1: Uh, it seems like just like you talked about in Las Vegas, they groomed for uh, strippers. Mm-hmm. It seems like we're grooming for factory workers. Now, there's nothing wrong with a factory worker. I worked in factories, my family. But what if a, somebody wants to be an astrophysicist or a doctor or or aspire something higher than a factory worker, and
0: we're just content to pass them along and say, "Well, we tried." Yeah, you mentioned that you. The drag queen story hour was, was one of the big breaking points for you because you opposed that. Uh, that caused some friction yeah. with the uh, the board of trustees. But now one of the things that that you've mentioned too, just like I've said before, you know, COVID is a blessing in disguise. A lot of parents know some of the stuff that's been taught in schools. Uh, there was a a situation here recently. This is in another state where Democrats accused Republicans of child pornography for posting. What was in a book that was allowed in school to be taught to kids? And the irony was hysterical. We've seen examples of this all over the place. So as a member of the board, you know, what are your, some of the moves you have to make sure that this type of material does not make its way into those schools? Uh, I
1: don't know specifically. I can't promise because I've never been on a school board or I've never run. But I have appealed. I have presented and appealed, and overwhelmingly, the board and their little special secret committee that they won't uh, that they won't tell us who's on in violation of the clause, the open door policy. Overwhelmingly, they endorse this pornography stuff. Are they, they still the running?
0: Oh, well, let's let's back up a second here, Rob. we're talking to Rob Rader, who is uh, running for school board district three in Goshen. Uh, are they still running those secret committees, even though the the state of Indiana has said no, you can't do this? Are they still running that uh, in Goshen? Uh,
1: they just came out uh, before the holiday. It's a week old now, and they finally gave us the names of these uh, community leaders who are supposed to be so stellar in our community. To uh, they finally told us who's on the committee, um, uh, mm-hmm. but it, it was uh, pulling teeth uh, with a with a big uh, jackhammer.
0: <laughs> uh, obviously, multiple school districts did that in the area, but i I figured that they had all probably started to you know at least adhere to the law after the state of Indiana came down on them and said, "You know stop yeah. doing this, but i guess I guess not so okay please please continue your point about objectionable material getting into the classroom I apologize no
1: oh no, it's all right you need a clarification uh, so um everybody is uh on board with not only defending pornography, but overwhelmingly endorse it. Uh, and I told them, you know, uh, I, I gave him a little talk about natural law and how you don't have to be a Christian or a Jew to know that stealing is wrong or lying is wrong. It's just follow your heart. And I made the point, this is unreasonable. Uh, but it doesn't, it doesn't matter what I say. Just like the FOIAs and, and, and all the things that we try to do to get information and be cooperative on this point they are especially not cooperative and want to accuse us of censorship and all kinds of goofball things
0: now what about the the teachers and the faculty and i've I've made very good points at least on my show to let people know there's a lot of faculty there's a lot of teachers that are actually on the parents and the community side here far more than many people want to realize as a member of the board what will you do to help empower them to be able to come forward with information, or also be able to actually have proper curriculum in the classroom and, and do their jobs properly.
1: Yeah, I think you are correct in that. Uh, I've had several people who have uh, talked to me privately. Uh, I think there's a huge fear of retribution. Um, so, what I and once I get on the board, God willing, then I would hope that they would be able to reach out to me and that I would be able to do something. Uh, otherwise, right now it's it's unanimous. 7-0, uh, everything passes. Seven zero pass. So I, I don't want to say that I'm going to do this. I'm not a savior, but I'm not going to co- compromise on these things. This is about our kids. This isn't about the, the union. This isn't about the administration. This is about our kids. And when they're minors, they should be treated like minors and protected from that. Let them read all that stuff when they're 18, 19, 20. That's on them. But for now, we should be protecting them, not grooming them.
0: All right, Rob Rader, again, running for Goshen School Board, District 3. Final final thoughts, and how can people help support your campaign?
1: Well, uh, I've woken up the, uh, the Mennonite machine. I know they're awake now. Uh, I feel like Tojo, when he bombed Pearl Harbor and he said, I think we've awakened a sleeping giant. Uh, So what I need more than money, more than fame or interviews, I really need prayers because this is a spiritual battle, Casey. And and it's a really a battle about good and evil. And I'm not uh, holier than my opponent, but I'm right. And and, and doggone it, I'm right. And and so I could really use prayers for that endeavor.
0: Rob Rader, thank you so much for the time, man. Best of luck with the campaign.
1: Thank you. God bless. I appreciate
0: it. Take care. All right, we got more coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. Now, two Texas Democrat judges have now switched to the Republican Party. Lifelong Democrats have announced that they will be running for re election as Republicans in Texas, in part because of the worsening border crisis under Joe Biden, which. Uh, Jean-Pierre says is totally not true. And I know that they keep repeating that lie. No, no, there's no border crisis. But her mentioning that they're not walking across the border the other day was one of the the most hysterical things. Trust me, that is going to come up a lot when I'm in D.C. at the end of September for the Hold Their Feet to the Fire conference where I will be speaking with immigration experts and law enforcement about immigration issues. And I I can't wait to get their reactions. I'm going to ask almost every single one of them that. Every single one that I can ask, I'm gonna ask them about that. No, Jean Pierre says they're not walking across the border. And you had yeah, um, Deucey is like, uh, our cameras film it every day because Fox News is the only news agency that's not local that is down there every single day filming them walking across the border. But it's it's just ridiculous stuff. I wanna I wanna kind of double back on something here, just to just to highlight something. I posted an article on I think it was Telegram. You can follow me on Telegram at Casey the Host. And I, I posted it and it's called The Libs Are Coming After Your Lawns. And I just posted it and I said ask me how I know. And of course a bunch of people were like, "Well, how do you know?" You know, they they're playing along. But again, most of you know where I'm from. And where I'm from, lawns are not a thing. They are in older parts of town that go back to like the 60s and, and 70s and things like that. There's lawns there. Uh, you start getting into the 80s, and you have very, very small patches of lawn up front in the front yard. There's no lawns in the backyard. You When you buy a house, so when you buy a house here, okay, you're going to have probably grass up front, some trees, bushes, grass in the back. When you buy a house in Las Vegas, if there's a lawn up front, you're gold. What you're going to see, though, 99% of the time is rocks with a couple of desert bushes. And instead of a sprinkler system, you will have a little tiny hose that is, I forget what it is, like five millimeters, something like that. Five, six millimeters. Little hoses that go across your rocks to each plant. Now, that's called xeriscaping, okay? It's desert landscaping. And those little hoses literally just dribble, okay? They just dribble water on those plants because they're desert plants. You don't need to worry about it. When you go into the backyard, it will be dirt. That's what it is. It's up to you to do something in the backyard. Now, what you do at the backyard is used to be um, up to you, but they would never put them in. And now... Most people do zero scaping. Some people do artificial turf and things like that. Now, you need to understand a couple of things, though. The artificial turf, which, for the record, is not a bad way to go. The technology in artificial lawns is very, very good. It's very advanced. They feel like grass. They look like grass. You don't have to water them. If your dog goes to the bathroom on them, they're fine. You hose it off. Everything's good. There's a drainage system that's built into them and everything else. They cost a bit of money, but over the life of your home, they will cost less than obviously maintaining a lawn would. Um, but you know they're not a they're not a terrible option, and and I actually like them quite a bit. And for many people who don't like doing yard maintenance, or people get older, maybe people are disabled, they would be a really good option for you to go ahead and tear up your old lawn and put these in because they look great, they look real, they feel real, they they you just don't have to maintain them. However, you. You used to have, uh, we had water police that would basically walk around. Now, I'm looking at an article here about the Washington Post and talking about Los Angeles Department of Water and Power. And these are, again, people are nicknamed the water police. Well, we had the water police where I'm from, too. So if you had your sprinklers, if you did have a lawn and you had your sprinklers and your sprinklers were hitting the sidewalk at all, you got a fine. If water was running off of your lawn onto the sidewalk, you got a fine. And we're talking like large dollars here, not small dollars. So it got to the point where basically people are like, I'm going to stop getting fined because I can't control that somebody messes with my sprinklers and I can't control the wind and that sort of thing. And the whole point of having a sprinkler system is to have it on an automatic system so you don't have to worry about it. But now it becomes a manual system because you have to turn it on at the right time. If you turn it on uh, during peak heat during the day, fine, You, you get fined by the government for doing that. A couple of years ago, I think, 2020, 2021. I think in 2020, they officially banned I think it went into effect in 2021. Lawns are outlawed in Las Vegas. They're banned. They're illegal. There might be a grandfather clause in there. I don't know, but, but they're banned. The story comes as employees of the Los Angeles Department of Water and Power, nicknamed the Water Police, patrol the streets to enforce city water restrictions, particularly on lush green lawns maintained with automatic sprinklers, which is, again... Something that I know about. Lawns are just the latest American tradition to be criticized in a left-wing paper. Now, Washington Post is basically saying that having your lawn is uh, very problematic. It is a contributor to global warming. I've seen lawns are racist. I've seen all sorts of stuff. Lawns are just the latest American tradition to be criticized here. Uh, The Post in 2020 ran a piece that said the national anthem is racist because a little heard verse criticizes slaves. Uh, who fought for the British in the War of 1812. And the Philadelphia Inquirer that same year ran a piece that said, picnics are racist, which we talked about on the show. Um, but again, he goes through here, just basically saying they're coming for your lawns. And as I've tried to tell you before, and one of the reasons that I brought up the burn ban and why I fought the burn ban so much, a lot of people were like, why are you so energetic about the burn ban in St. Joseph County? And the reason I was energetic about the burn ban in St. Joseph County wasn't just that I needed to burn to maintain my leaves at that time because I moved to another place where I didn't have to worry about it and I was still very passionate about it. People didn't understand. And it's because I've been through it before. I've watched them ban fireplaces. I've watched them ban lawns. I've watched them do all of this. And what you have to understand is it's the same playbook that is done by the same organization, usually the Sierra Club, the same playbook, same organization, same arguments, same patterns, and they do this all over the country. And they start off in smaller areas. They, they try to get it done. They can get it done in red areas by making the argument that your smoke infringes upon my right to breathe. You know, stupid things like that that I heard a bunch of Republicans say in St. Joseph County. And then they will continue to expand upon it. In places that are very blue, they'll just go full blow, uh, we're going to go after everything, and and they just try and, and nuke it all. But in places that are purple or red, they will do it incrementally to where you don't really notice it. And then maybe they'll offer you incentives to take a smart meter into your house from the power company. Not your own smart meter, but one from the power company that they can hook into and they can control. And they offer you a little incentive maybe to do that. And if they can't get enough people to do it via incentives, what they'll do is they'll go ahead and they'll just mandate it. So where I'm from, they offered the incentives. The incentives were, we will give you, we will pay you. I think it was like $3 a square foot. Hold on. I got I got an article here on this. $3 a square foot, okay? Las Vegas was paying people $3 a square foot to rip up their lawn. So you could get $3 a square foot to go buy $5 square foot artificial turf, or you could put in xeriscaping, okay? Really up to you but they would actually pay you. That was the incentive. If you tear up your lawn, we'll give you some money and that can go towards the replacement and and everything will be copacetic. Eventually, a lot of people just didn't go along with it. New home construction didn't come with lawns, but anybody who had an established house there who had a lawn didn't want to tear it up. So then they started requiring people to do it. They started fining people and they ultimately just banned lawns. Just like they had previously banned fireplaces. And when I saw them say that they were banning, you know, leaf burning, I'm like, they're coming for your fireplace next. And people are like, it's cold here. They'll never come for your fireplace. Yes, they will. And I proved that to you a couple of years ago with an article and a proposal in Indiana where they're trying to ban fireplaces. Now, did it pass? No. But that's just the first attempt. They're gonna keep doing it. And they'll make the argument you don't need a fireplace. To be able to keep warm in 2022, 2023, whatever, they will continue to make that argument, and slowly but surely, all of the things that you had growing up, that you strived for, the things that you looked for when you bought a house—does it have a good lawn for the kids to play in? Does it have a fireplace? You know, because people like curling up with the fireplace, and you know, does it have all of these things? And pretty soon, the answer to that is going to be no, because they're not allowed to have it. Oh, you like having a fire pit in your backyard for everybody to come over and kind of gather around, and have a little bit of a party. Yeah, cool. That's banned where I'm from. You have to have gas. Can't have a real one that burns wood. I know that many of you throw bonfire parties. That would be illegal, too. Mark my words, it's coming. I'm not saying it's going to happen in a year or two years, but mark my words, it is coming. You need to pay attention to this stuff. Because you're going to wake up one day and you're going to go, what was that radio host who's not around anymore? Was it the he would teach? Oh, yeah, that's right, Casey Henderson. He, he told us all of this was going to happen. And like I said, it's not because I have a magic ball. It's because I've watched them do this in several states. It wasn't just doing it in the state that I'm from. They did it to every state surrounding where I'm from because I was from the southwest. Got Arizona there. Got Utah there. Got California there. You get the gist. They did it in all of those places. And they will continue to do it everywhere else. There isn't a there isn't a motivation to do it only in certain climates. They want it done everywhere. So be very careful, pay very close attention to this stuff because they are coming for all of those things. And maybe you don't care about those things, and that's fine, but other people do. MNC News Time is 432. Time to check out Impress, jewelry creations, creating meaningful jewelry for the moments that last a lifetime. Hey, good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. Bed, Bath, and Beyond might be going away. I know. That hurts some of you, uh, you box wine drinking ladies, right where it hurts, didn't it? Oh, man. Stubbed your toe on that one. So, Bed, Bath, and Beyond, which, for the record, yeah, they're a little pricey, but I enjoy this store. They're a bit pricey. Great return policy, but a bit pricey. You pay more there for the stuff that you buy there uh, than you would at other places, but they've got a good selection, so it's nice to have that stuff in stock. I get that. I understand the appeal of Bed Bath & Beyond. However, they they went woke not that long ago. They started becoming politically active against conservatives and Republicans and they even threw Mike Lindell out of their store. Remember that? Uh, the MyPillow thing. It threw Mike Lindell's products out of their store. Not physically threw him out of the store, but uh, his products threw it out of the store. Couldn't get MyPillow there anymore. So now you can get it with me by going to MyPillow.com, promo code Casey. Get the standard MyPillow for just $19.88. Cheapest price has ever been. According to CNBC, the retailer announced this week that it will close down $100 and 50 namesake stores, as well as plans to hand out pink slips to a whopping 20% of its workforce, mostly in the supply chain and corporate sectors of the business. The moves were announced ahead of an expected investor update on Wednesday, in the company's seemingly desperate bid to stay afloat. If you recall, the Better Business Bureau made headlines, or excuse me, not Better Business Bureau, BBB. They they, they use BBB for Bed Bath & Beyond uh, yeah, sorry about that. They made headlines in early 2021 after it was confirmed by MyPillow CEO Mike Lindell that the retailer had canceled his MyPillow line at the same time that he was involved with conservative activism on behalf of former President Donald Trump, specifically working on issues related to election fraud claims. So back in you know the beginning of 2021, basically Bed Bath & Beyond is like, well, uh, we don't want you here because you have beliefs and stuff and we don't like beliefs and stuff. You have to conform. And Mike Lindell was like, well, I'm not going to. (laughs) So they threw his products out. The move to cancel MyPillow from being sold in Bed Bath & Beyond stores was significant because at the time, it was the largest national retailer that stocked his famous pillow and bed products. Lindell took the decision in stride and would eventually receive significant support from countless high-profile conservative influencers, which undoubtedly kept his brand alive and thriving. As it turns out, going woke and instantly alienating roughly half of the company's customer base at a time when the brick-and-mortar retailer was barely staying afloat anyway, thanks to the pandemic and an unprecedented rise in online shopping, was not the brightest business move. So, they got social media backlashes as a result of this. A lot of people who only tolerated going to Bed Bath & Beyond and paying the prices at Bed Bath & Beyond, They did it just because, you know, it was convenient. Well, now they were angry because Bed Bath & Beyond had attacked, well, their values. This is the thing that that people and businesses need to understand. If your business isn't niche, if your business is designed to be wide-reaching and appeal to everybody, if you tick off half of the population by going after one person... You are doing great damage to your company, especially when your company is already kind of struggling. There's a lot of competition with Bed Bath & Beyond. When they started, there really wasn't. I mean, they were kind of unique, and now that's not the case. You can get pretty much everything there elsewhere cheaper. Their return policy, their selection, that's what made going to Bed Bath & Beyond you know, a little bit different. That's, that's not good enough for many people. So in Bed Bath & Beyond's mind, they're probably like, well, we don't want to be associated with Mike Lindell, so we're just going to get rid of Mike Lindell. It's only one, one or two products in our store, so we we'll just get rid of Mike Lindell. But you weren't just getting rid of Mike Lindell. You're getting rid of everybody who is in the same frame of mind as Mike Lindell, which happens to be a large chunk of the country. And as a result, as conservatives have started to embrace the whole, we're not going to give you our money, We'll vote with our wallets. Conservatives traditionally have never done that. They are now. They said, no more Bed Bath & Beyond. I I don't have a reason to go in there anymore. And they didn't. This isn't the first business to suffer because Mike Lindell's product was thrown out. And I'm not saying that Mike Lindell's product was what was the best seller at Bed Bath & Beyond was keeping the whole business afloat. It certainly wasn't. But half of their customer base roughly, you assume, half of their customer base, certainly half of their potential customer base, was now angry at them. And if you're going to be a massive retailer and cater to the entire population and you tick off half of those people, you're going to be in trouble. So now we find ourselves in a position here a little over a year and a half later where 150 of those stores are closing down and 20% of their workforce is being fired. Frankly, I'm shocked it's only 20% to be perfectly honest with you. Shocked it's only 20%. Bed Bath & Beyond, after being on the receiving end of an intense social media backlash, including successful conservative-led boycotts of the company, claimed that it only canceled MyPillow due to a decreased demand for the product, which isn't true. What did I come on here yesterday and tell all of you? You remember? For those of you who were tuned into the program, I got my commission for the last month for my MyPillow account. I don't get paid per read for my pillow. I get a commission based on the sales that happen with the audience, and it was a very it was a very nice chunk of change. Thank you for that. I wouldn't get paid if you weren't buying that product. They wouldn't keep advertising on this station if I wasn't moving product through you. So Bed Bath and Beyond say, "Ah, oh, there's no demand for my pillow. It's a load of crap, and everybody knows it." The MyPillows used to be right across from the coffee. Do you remember the MyPillow stands when you went into Bed Bath & Beyond? You go into the coffee thing because they have this massive like Keurig shrine. Then you go in there, and right next to it was the MyPillow, and you used to test out the MyPillow and everything else right there. Not there anymore. And neither is 150 of their stores and 20% of their workforce. Like I said, it wasn't about the MyPillow. It wasn't about Mike Lindell. It was about taking off half of your customer base because you took a stand on a political issue. And then they tried to lie about it and say, no, 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 it's because of uh, decreased demand. Mm. At the exact same time that everybody else was kicking his product out of their stores because of what he was saying, yeah, I don't buy that. And neither did anybody else. So will Bed Bath & Beyond survive? I don't know. But if you're one of those people who buys up uh, old inventory of derelict companies, you might want to start saving your pennies. Because I got a feeling you're going to be able to get a lot of K-Cups soon. And More coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. Everything the left accuses the right of doing, they themselves are doing. Volume 1 trillion and 42. Missouri Attorney General Eric Schmidt and Louisiana Attorney General Jeff Landry filed a joint statement on discovery disputes asking the Louisiana District Court to compel the Department of Justice to turn over communications between the high-ranking Biden administration officials from the White House, the Department of State, the FBI, and others, and major social media companies. The Department of Justice has already turned over communications between a number of federal officials and social media companies, but has refused to provide communications between top-ranking officials and social media companies. Now, the reason is, um, documents show that the Biden administration themselves colluded with social media companies to censor free speech on their platforms. Now, once again, they always accused Republicans of this, they accused Trump of this, they accused Bush and everybody else of this, but they're the ones that have always pushed censorship. They're the ones that have always done this. It has always been the left that has been pro-censorship of any group that that is doing it, with the exception of the extreme religious right back in the 80s and, and maybe even a little bit earlier than that. I'm talking specifically in the modern era. Okay, Missouri and Louisiana filed a landmark lawsuit back in May that seeks to expose how top Biden administration officials allegedly colluded with social media companies to censor freedom of speech on a number of topics, including COVID-19. And again, I have to remind everybody. All of the people who told you, wear your mask, they're now telling you the mask didn't work. Leanna Wen on CNN, former head of Planned Parenthood, doctor, she's now saying, I will never let my kid wear a mask again. It's damaged their development and their health. Right. Now her excuse is, we didn't have the science. We didn't know. Yes, you did. You know how I know that? Because I told you. I told you. And I was called a conspiracy theorist and kicked off the social media platforms as a result of bringing up. Actual Clinical Trials and Peer-Reviewed Research, which said everything that I said was true. I didn't give you my opinion on it. I quoted scientific papers when I was talking about it. But this pretending that we didn't know this gaslighting of history is not going to fly. You got people on MSNBC right now. Their medical people are going, hey, look, masking didn't work and the vaccines didn't keep you from getting COVID. The CDC now says you should treat people who are vaccinated and people who are not vaccinated exactly the same because there's no difference. Yeah, it's, it's weird how all of the things that we told you ended up being true. And that's strange. All of the things that public health officials, politicians, whatnot told you ended up not being true. Kind of weird how that, that happened now. And now they're softening their language of this. And you have to ask yourself why. Well, there's probably a couple of reasons. One, maybe liability. And then two, midterms. You got midterms, so now you got to soften the language. You got to pretend. Democrats are actually out there campaigning and fundraising on Trump is responsible for the dangerous vaccine. So they're telling you the vaccine's dangerous now while releasing a new vaccine that they haven't actually tested in human beings. I read one report that said they only tested like eight, eight, rats with the new version of the vaccine. I don't know if that's true, though, but I know that there's no human trials on it. Everything they told you about the vaccine ended up not being true. Everything they told you about masks ended up not being true. Everything I told you about them ended up being true. So, do with that what you will. But people were censored on social media and they were asked to be censored by the government. The government went to social media and said, we want... This journalist from who used to be the New York Times, we want Berenson gone. We want him off of Twitter. So Twitter, why is he still on there? What did they do? They removed him. He's a journalist. Who happened to be right? They did this to thousands of other people. They did this to hundreds of doctors, medical professionals, not people like Fauci who don't treat patients, but actual medical professionals who treat COVID patients. They did it to them. And the White House asked them to do it. We won in court in July, and the court required the Biden administration to turn over communications between federal officials and social media companies, according to Attorney General Schmidt. We have already received a number of documents that clearly prove the federal government has an incestuous relationship with social media companies and clearly coordinate to censor freedom of speech, but we're not done. The Department of Justice is cowering behind executive privilege and has refused to turn over communications between the highest-ranking Biden administration officials and social media companies. That's why yesterday we asked the court to compel the Department of Justice to produce those records. We're, getting, we're just getting started. Stay tuned. Again, this is the Attorney General Schmidt. So, um, executive privilege, huh? Really? So let's say this court accepts the... Justice Department's executive privileged events. What have we learned from recent events with Mar-a-Lago about executive privilege? Oh, future pre- presidents apparently can waive executive privilege of former presidents now. Ah, huh, interesting. Wouldn't it be a shame if in the future, next president, let's say they're a Republican, just waives all of the executive privilege from everybody in the Biden administration, and nobody has any executive privilege defense at all anymore. It's almost like a precedent might have been set or something. Hmm. Wonder what we might learn if that happens. But again, everything that they accuse the right of doing, they themselves do. They accuse the right of censoring the media? No, they're the ones that actually censored them. The Obama administration used the FBI to, fought, to, to spy on members of the media. It's the truth. Talked about it on the show, published the article. I don't know what else to say. Just know that every time they accuse people on your side of doing something, that's what they're doing somewhere. You gotta go looking at them doing it. Find out where they're doing that, because it's a guarantee that they're doing it themselves. Go to truthsocial.com/slash Casey, the host and go ahead and follow me there. Starting to tick off some of the bots and trolls on Truth Social, so I gotta be doing something right. Truthsocial.com slash Casey the host. Also, Rumble.com slash Casey the host. We need more subscribers, folks. I'm not going to lie to you. Need lots more. Rumble.com slash Casey the host. And of course, you can get the daily show prep at BTmedia.news. You can also get the conservative news aggregator where you get the best news headlines every single day in one spot. More coming up next. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in, News Talk 953, Michiana's news channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. And again, I want to thank RB Car Company. Locations in South Bend and Warsaw, RB Car Company are your used car experts. Find them online at rbcarcompany.com. Okay, so we have a a couple of updates in the alternative social media prospects here, just to kind of dovetail off of the last story. Um, you know that I've I've asked you to follow me on Truth Social and Rumble. Um if you want to follow on Telegram, I'm I'm active on Telegram too. I'm more active on Truth Social and obviously Rumble's where we do the live show. If you are looking for a social media network that is just tied to this radio show and people who listen to this radio show and you're not comfortable with Discord or you don't want to join Discord or whatever, uh btmedia.news is free for you to join. All you have to do is go to btmedia.news. If you don't want to join, you don't have to. You can still read the Daily Show Prep. You can still listen to the podcast. You can still read other posts that I do. And you still have the conservative news aggregator that has the best headlines. Uh, think of it like uh, like my version of the old Drudge Report or something like that. Um, and it's broken down by source. So you can see the source in like five of their top headlines for the day. And you can, you have you know tons of that stuff just right there. Just right there waiting for you every single day. Uh, but if you want to join, you can join and you can private message people. You can, you know, become friends with people. You can post uh, just like any other social network. You can create a group. We got several people have created groups and, and things like that. So and that's just that's free. You know, a lot of places like the Federalist and the Babylon Bee and, and that's what they're creating their own social networks, but they're charging people to be a part of it. I'm not. Uh, so feel free to uh, to go to btmedia.news and join there. The other thing is is that you know, alternatives to Patreon have popped up, and, and I've talked about Locals before, and I did upload a bunch of things to Locals this week. Um, I have been neglectful of Locals, and I apologize about that. I'm trying to do better on that. But Locals, part of it is my my tier that I, I have on there, too. I can't upload certain things, uh, and it doesn't really help you all that much. But they have done some things here recently that help with this. So Locals now which again, like an alternative to Patreon, okay? And it is the same company that owns Rumble, owns Locals. They merged. And they have an exclusive deal uh, to distribute with Truth Social, which is Trump's social network. So Locals has launched a, a, uh, a new feature that you can now write articles. So there's other platforms that people write articles now, and they're... They're good. Substack is probably the biggest one. You know, they're, they're good. People like them. And you can, you know, ask for people to pay for your articles and be a member of your, your, you know, thing. But Locals now does that. So you can do your podcasting, your premium podcasting, and you can make a lot of stuff free. And I make most of my stuff free. But not all of it. On Locals, you can do, do podcasting. You can do live streaming. You can take donations during the live stream now. You can upload videos. You can organize everything into playlists. You can do all of that stuff. And you can just post normal links like a social network. But now you can also write articles. So if you're a journalist or something like that, you can write articles on locals and you can make it free or not. You can allow some of the article to be free and then have a, a paywall to, to read the rest of it. That is a new thing that has been opened up. And if you are somebody who's looking at making money online, um, locals might be a really good option for you. I like Locals a lot. It's, it's, um, it's grown as a platform better than I thought it was going to. And with its merger with Rumble, I mean, it's just gotten so much better. And I'm expecting a lot of the features on Locals to be features in Rumble in the future and everything else. So um, those two working together has been really, really good partnership, along with Truth Social being a part of that. But Locals has just done something else. And look for this to start popping up at various places around the country. Locals has now opened its very first creator studio. Now, it's in Miami, but this is a part of their, what they call, cancel-proof ecosystem for creators. So in the Locals studio, you have video and audio production equipment. You've got a set with lighting. So maybe you want to do some kind of a show or a podcast or something of that nature, but you don't know where to start. You don't know how to do any of that stuff. You don't know the lighting thing. You don't have the budget for any of that. You can now, if you're in an area with one of these studios, you can go in and you have a set. You basically have a television set that is now available for you to do your content. How great is this? Now, I know that there's other businesses that do this. Uh, We did have one in Niles. I don't know if they're still open. They were open before COVID. I don't know that they would have survived COVID, but I hope they did. Um, But that was just kind of like a place that you would go. Um, Those places are, are fantastic. I've only used them a couple of times, but they're fantastic. When I did my first hit with Tucker Carlson, I had to go to Chicago. I went to a place like that. It was great. It was really cool, actually, to see it all behind the scenes. So I hope that we see more of that stuff pop up as people want to create content, but at the same time, they don't have the, the money and the, the know-how to build their own studio and make it look nice, you know, and that sort of thing. So Locals.com, a subscription-based community platform that's owned by the free speech video sharing platform Rumble, has opened its first video and audio production studio in Miami's Wynwood Art District. Rumble and Locals creators can use the studio's state-of-the-art video and audio production equipment, which includes equipment for streaming and editing 4K videos, to produce videos and podcasts. The local studio is open to creators as their home away from home when in Miami. So, if you're visiting Miami, you can go and actually do a show. Wouldn't it be great if they'd have one in D.C.? So, when I was in D.C. in, in uh, the end of the month, be able to just pop into a Locals in D.C. Be like, yo, we're in D.C. Here's my guest. <laughs> That'd be nice, right? So it's uh, open to creators as their home away from home. When in Miami, that's according to the co-founder. Uh, see, providing this resource furthers the Locals' mission of empowering creators to be independent. Dave Rubin, who is the Locals' co-founder and uh, former liberal, now libertarian. Uh, he's got a really popular show. Locals opening a studio in the Miami area is the next step in building a totally new cancel-proof ecosystem for creators. Ruben was the first creator to go live from the new Miami Creator Studio and used it to stream the September 1st episode of his news and commentary show, The Ruben Report, and he did it with talk show host Larry Elder. And it looks great, like the lighting and you got the really cool backlit locals, uh, icon and logo on the back wall there it's got some plants and and you know nice chairs and a table with with uh with an option for you to just you know sit there and kind of chit chat with your guest it's it's a fantastic looking facility and obviously you're gonna have to schedule time and that sort of thing. but if these things start popping up all over the place, I mean that would be glorious. I actually looked into doing something like this when the Tucker Carlson, Conflict came up, and for those of you who don't remember, when I did Tucker Carlson in the middle of a blizzard, I had to get to Chicago because they couldn't get anybody to me because of the weather. So I had to hop onto the train because it was going to be whiteout conditions on the road, and I wasn't going to drive there. So I got a hotel, I got on the train, I got into Chicago as they were calling me to come to the studio. It was like by the hair of my chinny chin chin type stuff. But I did. I went to one of these um, these third-party places. And they are able to connect to all of the big television networks. So they have one studio. Well, they have more than that. But it's one studio. But it connects to everybody. So you just schedule your time. You go in there. They had a lobby. Dude was super friendly. He's like, you want a drink? They, I mean, you basically, it's total green room type stuff. If you've never been in a green room, then you know what I'm talking about. If you've never been in a green room... You know, that's like backstage where all the talent is, and there's usually beverages and snacks and things like that that are free for you and that sort of stuff. It's just a nice thing. Uh, it's not a big deal, but it's it's nice to have. Really nice green rooms have some liquor sauce available for you as well. Uh, that doesn't happen in broadcasting as much because there's issues with broadcasting while intoxicated, so they don't take the risk. But at the same time, it was just a nice experience. And I was asking the guy about the business and kind of how they did things and all of that stuff. And I just found it to be very interesting. And I started immediately thinking of, oh, that place in Niles that used to be here. I went by and they're not there anymore. So I don't know if they've moved or if they're out of business. Um, So I know that there used to be places that could do video production and podcasts and stuff like that. I don't know if the local place here connected to any television stations. I don't know. But the second time, this is where things got a little different. The second time that I had to do Tucker Carlson, they came to me. And so they had a guy come from Indianapolis, and he's a guy that just travels around the state of Indiana. This is his territory with the equipment to connect to Fox News. And so I was asking him about it. How do you do this? Because it's a totally different setup. It's not a studio or anything. He's got a backpack that he brings with him that has everything in it. And he basically pulls this device out. Uh, We connect me to it, get the microphones all set up, and boom, just like that, he he basically uploads it to Fox News, and we have a live stream. So I was asking him about the equipment that he's using. And I I was like, you know, it would be really nice if we had something like this in this building, because it's difficult for me to do Tucker Carlson, because I have to go somewhere, or they have to get somebody to me, which I assume costs them money. (laughs) So it it ends up being one of those things where it's like, you know, it's not exactly the easiest thing in the world. Wouldn't it be great? If I had a place in the Federated Media Building that connected to all of these places, so if News Nation wanted me, if Fox News wanted me, if God forbid CNN wanted me or whatever, we could connect, and then anybody else in the building who was doing that could connect as well. So I wanted to look into how to do it. Turns out that one of the pieces of software that I have access to may very well do this. So, you know, it's it's pretty cool to have this, this potential you know, to do something like that, but you still have to build the space. You have to make it look nice, and the lighting's got to be good, right? And that sort of thing, and that's kind of a pain in the neck, especially when you don't have the dough to do it. Um, and so it's nice when a place like Locals comes in and says, basically, you know, hey, look, we and they're not connecting to television yet, I don't think, but you've got a professional set that has professional lighting, recording 4K video, the computers with the power to edit 4K video, uh, if you do any video editing, you understand how difficult that can be. Even with a relatively high-end system, editing 4K video can take a long time. So having the equipment that is set up to be able to do all of that in one spot, game-changer for people who do this and and actually take it very seriously. So if this starts popping up in major cities, I assume Chicago would be on this list. I don't think that... I don't think that South Bend or this area would be on the list, but maybe Indianapolis and Chicago. Uh, so that could be very interesting thing to do, where you could you could probably bring in a lot of talent if you do this seriously, and you're part of locals. Locals is a great community. I, I one of my goals for next year is to utilize locals a lot more than I do now, and. This year, the focus was building BT Media, making sure that that gets up and running and is stable. And, and, you know, it's thank God it's gone pretty well. Um, And we have you are able now to find me in one place. But if you're watching on Rumble and you're not on BT Media watching, if you're on Rumble, you'll see there's a little locals button there to go to my locals. Um, And I just had somebody sign up as a monthly supporter, um, like literally during the last news break. So thank you for that. I appreciate it. Uh, But you can actually click on that and head over to the locals channel. I uploaded a bunch of coffee with cases over there. Uh, So, you know, I think some of my side content that is mostly for other radio stations is probably going to end up going on locals. And then occasionally I'll do some some other stuff uh, specifically for you. I can't do a lot of video content there because I'm really limited in what I can do. But this is what it takes to build that parallel economy and to make sure that creators have the ability to create without being censored. So keep an eye on Rumble and Locals and Truth Social and even Telegram and everything else. I mean, because they're they're all options and pick the ones that you like and you'll use the ones that you use and um, you know I'll do my best to uh, to be a part of that as well. We've got more coming up. News Talk ninety five three. Michiana's news channel. Good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in, News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I'm your host, Casey Hendrickson. All right, so what do we got here? Amazon faces a lawsuit over 10000 dollars offer made exclusively to Black Latin X, which isn't a thing, and Native American entrepreneurs. Anybody else? Blapeyo. A white woman is suing e-commerce giant Amazon over a program that gives black, Latinx, and Native American entrepreneurs... Can I... Here's the thing. I'm only saying Latinx because that's the quote in the article. But I also know that it infuriates the vast majority of you Latinos in the audience, and I don't want to denigrate you that way because I know that Amazon is like Latinx, but I know that you reject the term and you find the term offensive, and I'm not going to use it anymore. So I, I, I was quoting the article, and every time I say it, I throw up in my mouth a little bit. And I'm only doing it because that's the actual quote here, and that's what's actually happening. But so I'm going to change it. Just, just know that Amazon specifically referred to it with the X, and so did this woman's lawsuit because that's what Amazon limited it to. Um, so if you're Latino and you ad- identify as a Latin X, then I don't know if you qualify for their their uh, entrepreneur scholarship dealio thing that they're giving away. So, I just quoting, don't get mad at me for it, and I won't do it anymore. The online retailer delivers packages by contracting with local delivery service partners outside businesses that drive parcels from point A to point B. We talked about this before. They actually had a really cool program to do this. This is one of the ways that they were improving their shipping costs and also their shipping times. Basically, you can go start an Amazon delivery business, and to get this going, they were offering current Amazon employees like a bunch of money to be able to go ahead and go get the truck and start the business. And it was nice, you know. It was like I—I I don't know if that was the ten grand thing or if this is the an additional thing to that, but they were basically saying, "Hey, if you already work for Amazon and you want to start this business in your community, we'll give you this money." As a startup. And a lot of people took advantage of it. I told you about the program. I thought it was a great program. It was a, it was a good idea. Uh, and if you have Amazon being delivered to your house right now, some of them will have the Amazon van, and some of them will just have like a normal truck or van or, or what have you. I've seen people deliver to my my house an Amazon parcel with a sedan. That has happened as people have started to do this. Now, there are... Um, there are companies that will now allow you to drive for Amazon as an independent contractor with your personal vehicle, kind of like an Uber, Eats sort of a thing. That's relatively new. We're specifically talking about the people who started a delivery business delivering Amazon packages, though. Uh, so anyway, this white woman is suing Amazon over this. The online retailer delivers packages. They, they hire local independent things to help reduce the barriers uh, to entry for black, Latino, and Native American entrepreneurs Uh, Amazon's website states, the company has created a diversity grant that offers minorities $10,000 to launch their own businesses and become delivery service partners. Now, for the record, I am all in favor of black, Latino, and Native Americans being able to do this. The real problem is, is that you can't just offer this to certain people, right? theoretically, you're not supposed to be able to do that in our society because we're supposed to be an equal society. However, what if we allowed to have happen for decades upon decades? We have allowed the university system to do the same thing. So Amazon's like, well, if they can do it, I can do it. So if the university system can award scholarships and grants to people based on the color of their skin, why can't Amazon? It's not an invalid point, right? I'm not saying it's right. Totally disagree with it. This means that businesses owned by blacks and Latinos or Native Americans receive $10,000 stipend from Amazon to become delivery service partners, while whites and Asian Americans who wish to become delivery service partners receive no such stipend and must foot the entire bill for their startup costs. So the plaintiff, Crystal Bullduck, is asking a Texas district court to end the program and award damages to everyone who has suffered unlawful racial discrimination on account of it. And I got to tell you, I'm rooting for her. 100%. She's going on offense, folks. This is what you have to do. Go on offense. Do I understand why somebody might even have a program to benefit minority business owners? Yeah, I understand why they might want to do that. But there's plenty of other people who want to have that business, too. And why don't they get a fair shake? Amazon also runs a Black Business Accelerator that gives Black-owned businesses a $500 credit to assist with startup and operational cost. That initiative, while not the subject of the class action, is nonetheless another case of unlawful racial discrimination at the online retailer, according to the lawsuit. Interesting stuff. And like I said, I hope that things like this win, not because I don't want Black and Latino and Native American business owners, because I certainly do. I want them to win because the discrimination stuff has got to stop. And now they're actively and overtly discriminating against whites and Asians. But it's not just Amazon. It's Bank of America. We'll talk about that next. MNC News time is 532. Time to check out Impress Jewelry Creations, creating meaningful jewelry for the moments that last a lifetime. Yeah, man, I made sure I dug that X-Fog out. Basically, a bunch of stuff was being redone in the garage. And the X-Fog got scooped up and put, put somewhere, and then a bunch of stuff got put on top of it, and I couldn't find the thing. I had to use regular safety glasses, they all fogged up, so I had to go digging for the X-Fog after that. That was a mess. So it's not just Amazon that's doing these uh, racist business practices. It's Bank of America. Bank of America has announced zero down payment, zero closing cost mortgages for black and Hispanic first-time buyers. Uh, uh, pretty sure that's illegal. Zero down, zero closing cost. Now, could this help some folks? Sure, it could help a lot of people who need to buy a house. But you're going to pay for that, just so you know. you know. If anybody out there you know, who happens to be in this category is like, oh, zero down, zero close. yeah, they're going to roll it into your loan. You're going to pay for it. And you're going to pay a lot more for it than you're supposed to. This is... This is just a new spin on the subprime mortgage thing. But you're going to pay the cost for it. You just don't have to pay them up front. They're not waiving your down payment and your closing costs. But even if they did, it would still be wrong. So they're doing this in Charlotte, Dallas, Detroit, Los Angeles, and Miami neighborhoods. So only, I, I guess, certain neighborhoods, too. So certain neighborhoods and only for certain racial demographics. They're not doing it for everybody. Which, again, a lot of people are pointing out, like, hey, this is um, this is pretty racist. Can't do that. Some people have now suddenly become transracial. And as a transracial woman, I am excited that Bank of America will be providing me and my transracial Americans and other transracial Americans with the opportunity of owning a home without a down payment uh, and closing costs. Transracials everywhere need to take advantage of this opportunity for you I think you should do that you know it's, it's amazing we went from hey you don't have to tell us your race on this paperwork to tell us your race and we'll give you free stuff but only if you're the right race and you know if you look if you want minority homeownership to be higher than it is now put Trump back in office because it was the highest it ever was under him so put him back in office If you want to continue to grow that, he's the guy that made that happen. This isn't the way that you do that. And you certainly don't allow other people um, who are not of those very two specific demographics to pay for stuff when you're not having them do it or you're rolling it into basically a subprime type situation and you're forcing them to pay more for the closing costs and everything else. It might make it easier for you to get in the house if you don't have the closing costs. I get that. If you don't have the closing, I've been in that situation. I have, I have the finances, but I didn't have the closing costs. So I understand that, where it might put it, but if you, if you have a couple of thousand dollars in closing costs, I'm just using that as an example, okay? If you have a couple of thousand dollars in closing costs and then they roll it into your mortgage and you have to pay for it now, you have the interest, you might end up paying, you know, $8,000 or something like that for something that would have been two grand. Maybe that's worth it for you, but read the fine print. Another example of going on offense. Author and critical race theorist, Nels Abbey, never heard of him, lashed out on Twitter to call actor Lawrence Fox an open, honest, and obvious racist. Well, here's the thing. Once again, go on offense. Lawrence Fox didn't take any of that sitting down. So he hit back. He actually posts, he says, Hi, I'm Lawrence's alternate account. I suggest you fully retract your grossly defamatory tweet and apologize or get a crowdfunding going. You have 24 hours or you will be hearing from my lawyers. And he retracted. He retracted. Go on offense. Good. Don't take this stuff sitting down anymore. Good for you. More coming up 95 (laughs) 3MNC. Good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3 Michiana's news channel. I'm your host, Casey Hendrickson. All right. Uh, Rumble.com slash Casey the host. If you would like to uh, hang out with us during the live stream. And and here's the thing. I upload other videos too. So if you could, please hit that subscribe button. Um, we've had some decent growth lately, but, you know, it's still stagnant. And honestly, it's not, it's still not close but still not to the YouTube subscriber level which makes me really angry <laughs> because you shouldn't be supporting YouTube you should be supporting Rumble that's what we need to do so we did just get over 2700 subscribers but uh the goal is 500,000 500,000 by the end of September so you need to go okay rumble.com slash Casey the host rumble.com slash Casey those hit that subscribe button watch the videos watch the live streams. share them with everybody and uh, help spread the word all right have a great night we'll see you tomorrow